darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness. No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, nor yet for your body what ye shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are ye not much better than they? Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon, in all his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, wherefore if God so clothed the grass of the field which today is and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Therefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. In our reading there, verse 34. Good. All right. I am on page 488. In our book, 488, and we, believe it or not, start a new commandment. The ninth commandment, question, larger catechism, question 143, which is the ninth commandment? The ninth commandment is, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. That's Exodus 20:16. Now before we launch into the next question, just a few thoughts. Um, ninth commandment deals with perhaps perhaps the greatest problem that mankind has including Christians. If it's not the greatest, it certainly is right up there. Now, on the face, well, you know, I don't go around bearing false witness against my neighbor. False here, untrue, witness, testimony. Neighbor, the word for neighbor here, interesting enough, is a reference to someone that's close to you. Family, brother, close friend. Now, you say, so is it all right to bear false witness against those that aren't? No. I think it highlights, though, just 
how big a problem we have that this commandment addresses. Why would I ever lie against my brother or my sister? Start out doing it as children, don't we? Well, I didn't do it. They did it. Or they made me do it. When they didn't make you do it at all. But that's without the little ones. Sometimes as they get bigger, they know exactly what they're doing. The little ones don't other than they want to escape mom or dad's wrath, uh, punishment for doing wrong. But bearing false witness, bearing false witness. And if you had to, in the word I'm using for this commandment, as we've got our other ones, and we'll review those maybe sometime before this lesson's out. If not, we'll get back to them. But one word, one word that we could use for this commandment, what do you think it might be? Truth. 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 That's our word for the ninth commandment. Truth. Truth. What do we know about truth? What are the... Remember the, our question? What is God? God is a spirit. Infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. It is, if I can get them all, being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth so where does truth originate with God God is truth what did Jesus Christ say I am the way the truth now I'm just trying to kind of get us into a setting here with this commandment. So if God is truth, can we know truth apart from God? In fact, and we'll look at a couple of references here, it's quite certain from Scripture that we can't any more than we can know how to love apart from God for God is love so give thought some of these things that are so important to us and that these commandments address that they grow out of they stem from God and you aren't going to do any of them apart from having some understanding of God and then being able to be obedient as a result of our sinful fall of nature. Titus, if you take a look at Titus, yes, right after Second Timothy, Titus 1, well, let's just, we can start with verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, 
according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledging of the truth, which is after godliness, in hope of eternal life, which God, and note what it says, and which God that cannot lie. Interesting that they put that phrase there. But everything, everything that you rely on for your salvation and eternal life depends on the truthfulness of God. Not alone. But if God's lying about all this, you have no assurance. I have no assurance. And the Holy Spirit points this out. In hope of eternal life, which God, that cannot lie, promised before the world began. So you see, this commandment as we look at it deals with a lot of practical aspects of our Christianity because truth is what we must depend upon to have hope and assurance. Right? Now, the opposite of truth is what? Of what? If it's not truth, it's a it's a lie. It's a lie. Take a look at first John. Got two or three little verses here that I want us to to take a quick look at. First John two twenty two and again, just some of the things, some, some thoughts before we launch into our questions dealing with this. First John, John 2.22, just before Jude and Revelation. Who is a liar? But he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ. He is Antichrist that denieth the Father and the Son. Right? Who's a liar? Every person that rejects Jesus Christ is a liar. Now, why so? Truth is not in him. And in rejecting Christ, he's rejecting the truth of the need of Christ for his salvation. Right? Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? Over to 1 John 4. 1 John has a lot to do with the truth. 1 John 4.20 If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. He is speaking a lie. You can't love God and hate your brother. If a man say, I love God, and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother, whom he hath seen, 
How can he love God whom he hath not seen? How important is the truth here? In the practical application of it in our life, right now we're dealing in part more with the spiritual application of it, although it's all spiritual. But if we deny Jesus Christ, or if we say, oh yes, I believe in Christ, I've accepted Christ as my Savior. And we've dealt with this in some of the other commandments. But you hate. You have animosity in your heart toward your brethren, toward anybody. Scripture says there's a problem here. Jack? So uh, <clears throat> this is referring to your spiritual biological brother is an enemy of Christ only to love him did Christ love him there are a lot of verses in here that say stay away oh I'm not saying now it, there's, a, there's a difference I think in loving and embracing fellowshipping, excusing and we'll get into some of those but I think there's an aspect we're, if we're going to be Christ-like, yes, there's a requirement of love, even for that brother that offends, all right? Like I say, it doesn't mean you've got to join in to whatever the problems are, that you've got to be quiet about you know, sharing the gospel. Um, I think you've got to use discernment and discretion. But, no, I, I, think, I think this would be true... In the two commandments, the summary that Christ gave. You love God, and you love your neighbor. You love God. If you, if you say you love God and you hate your neighbor, you're a liar. If you say, and you get along with all of your people, everybody, you know, the saved and the unsaved, but you say, I love God too, you're a liar as well. Yeah, and, and how, how love plays out. I think the, the main thing here is the heart. It's, it's, it's how you are viewing them, how you are responding to them out of the heart. You know, if you grow because brother, sister, friend, whoever it is, is unsaved and you grow to hate them because of what they do and say, Right? That's a problem. That's, that's because now the heart's been affected. And, and your ability now to deal with them and to witness to them, to pray for them. You know, I, I often said, it's hard to pray for anybody that you hate. 
it's hard to hate anybody that you pray for. Right? You want to test yourself where you are. You get before the Lord and you pray for somebody. And you see if you can pray for them. If you can't pray for them, you better pray for yourself. And then go back and pray for them. Because there's a problem. Right? Back to the truth and the aspect of what Scripture, some general things Scripture has to say about it. And in John 8, go back to the Gospel of John. Familiar passage. Uh, John 8, and beginning with verse 37, we have uh, Christ talking with Jews, and they are very confident in their lineage. I know that ye are, verse 37, I know that ye are Abraham's seed, but ye seek to kill me. Because my word hath no place in you. I speak that which I have seen with my father, and ye do that which ye have seen with your father. They answered and said unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus saith unto them, If ye were Abraham's children, ye would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. You, ye do the deeds of your father. They said that, then said they to him, We be not born of fornication, we have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, If God were your father, ye would love me. Kind of goes right along with what we've been saying here. God were your father, ye would love me, for I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? even because ye cannot hear my word. Uh, next verse, 44. Ye are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. And so forth. All right? Now, obviously, that verse 44 was my main reason for reading this passage. Because it is the origination of the problem we have. It's the reason we have the ninth commandment. Because... We were born of our father. We were part of the family of Satan. And the mark of the devil is he is a liar. We see it in the garden, and we've seen it ever since. You can't be saved. You can't do this. You can't go on with God. You can't pray today. Look at what you thought, what you did. You can't, you can't share the gospel. You, with your background, share the gospel? You've got to be kidding. You know, the devil's going to give all kinds of lies, is he not? 
as to why you can't enjoy being a Christian. Rob you of your joy. Take away your thanksgiving. Why? Well, because I just, I'm not where I need to be with the Lord or the Lord's against me. God's become my enemy. Whatever the lie. And we need to be aware of the devil's lies in our walk with the Lord. But we need to be aware that the mark of every one of us from birth is that we are liars. And we remain that way until we're saved. Now we have at least the ability to love and desire the truth and to speak the truth. But it's not to say that that old nature doesn't pop up and how easy it is. And I think we're going to see it. How easy it is to lie. Oh, it's just a little lie. A little white lie. A little black lie. A little lie, big lie. It's all lies. Right? And how important to be on our guard. Now, and, and you know, even as believers, even as believers, we find it hard sometimes to accept the truth. We find it hard to tell the truth. Now, let's just be practical for a minute. Right? Why? What is it that causes us to lie? Or to repulse the truth? Jordan? Well, certainly... So, so tough times, difficult circumstances. We don't like the way God is orchestrating things in our life. That be a fair summary. It's sort of as believers, we 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 we're not content to let God be God in our life. Jack, we were conceived in sin, born in sin, and raised in sin. Mm-hmm. It's our base nature. Mm-hmm. That's 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 my point. Is it's, it's where we started. All right? We aren't dealing with something that's foreign to us. But we don't like to think of it as being so ingrained in us. Scripture has an awful lot to say about the tongue, doesn't it? And speaking the truth and what our words do. I mean, it's just full of it. And how much harm can be done. But we're discontent. What else? As, as to why as Christians, as believers, why else we lie? Fear. Fear. Okay. Fear. And fear 
if we're lying, fear generally, all right, we'll say it this way, is basically a statement of what? Or a reaction or, or a, a result of what? Unbelief, yeah. We're, we're, yeah, yeah, God can't handle this. All right, fear. What else? Okay, pride on the one side. Good, pride. We, we got we got to maintain our position, or worse yet, we've said something, and we can't back it up with truth, so we start backing it up with lies. Or, on the flip side, we know we've done wrong. And we're ashamed of it. Did you do this? No, I didn't do that. It comes out of it's just poop, doesn't it? Why did you do this? I didn't do that. But I know you did. You know, and we're so bold, aren't we, at times? When we're before the Lord. We get convicted. Somebody said, and the Lord brings somebody. You know, did you do this? I didn't do it. Like, the Lord doesn't know. So good. Pride, shame. Anything else? Good. Uh, if, we, if we're going to lose, whether it be wealth or reputation or whatever, so to protect, again, a bit of the pride, we're... we're we, and, and, and coveting, we, we place the wrong emphasis on things. About revenge. Revenge. Oh, boy. Backbiting, gossiping, generally is a revenge action. I don't like what they did to me. I don't like what they said about me. I don't like how they're acting toward me. I don't like whatever it is. And I'm going to bring them down. Happens all the time. How quick? How quick? Do you know what so-and-so said? Well, it's my understanding that and your understanding is based on the last person that told you something, not finding out the truth. But how quickly it happens. And we understand that it's been a problem all along because of just how many times Scripture deals with those kinds of lying. And now we understand even those that are close to us if they hurt us if they disappoint us we don't spare them either we don't spare them either they become the object of our lives because they deserve it really kind of helps us understand why God says vengeance is mine because in your hand, you'll create a disaster. You have no concept of what vengeance really should be.
vengeance is always connected, true vengeance, is always connected to truth. Any other vengeance becomes a violation of one of the commandments. That's why as we stand before God, and we know that he is truth, He sees us with that eye of truth that is in him. And we would perish on the spot, wouldn't we? But he sees us when we're saved. He sees us in Christ who has no sin, nothing but truth in the Son. And we're found in Christ and so the truth of Christ becomes part of that robe of righteousness with which we're clothed, which enables us then to come and approach boldly to the throne of grace, to come to our Heavenly Father, right? Children done wrong, they, they tend to stay away from their folks on because they know, they just know even though parents half the time don't know. But the kids, ah, they know. They know what I did. And they tend to be very shy or bashful or evasive. All right. Last general question. Then we'll get into question 144. What is the connection between our truthfulness and the word of God. Tell me, tell me how it impacts. Because we've already talked about truthfulness, right? Not part of our fabric because of being born in sin. Not part of our fabric there. We get saved. God doesn't just open up the skull and infuse all of his truth, does he? So how is it that we're going to be truthful? What do we got to do? Well, first thing we got to do is do what? We got to learn what the truth is, don't we? And where do we learn what the truth is? Through Christ. Through Christ and through scripture. through his scripture, yeah. Also, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Mm-hmm. No one comes to the Father and by me. And so, so we're, we're learning of Christ and we learn through scripture. Remember back everything the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. From your salvation to your sanctification to the point of your glorification, it's the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. And you aren't going to get there without them. Now, I don't mean to limit God's ability to save with that. But you understand, I think, you cannot 
you will not be sanctified apart from the Word of God and the working of the Holy Spirit through the Word of God. Sanctification, in a very general practical way, is simply coming to know the truth and living it out, isn't it? So your truthfulness and my truthfulness depends, first of all, on getting into the Word of God and finding out what truth is. Finding out what truth is. Right? And then, once we find out what the truth is, we have the freedom to speak the truth. Right? It's never wise to speak about a matter until you know the truth. We tend to get ourselves in trouble that way. Speaking and finding out. Now, we may think we know the truth, and there may be good intention there. I'm not saying every time you, you think you know the truth and you misspeak that you've lied intentionally. No. But it's always wise to know whereof you speak. Well, if you've gone to the Word of God and you've got the Word of God, you don't have to wonder if it's the truth. And you can speak it. And whatever you speak, if you speak according to how the Word of God directs you to speak, you're going to be speaking the truth. Speaking the truth one to another, speaking the truth about one another, right? Speaking the truth of the gospel. Freedom to speak, you've got to know it. You've got to, you can speak it, and then the desire to follow it in your heart. So apart from the word of God, what we're going to be looking at in the ninth commandment, and apart from the help of the spirit of God, you're going to have some really hard times in not bearing false witness. Okay? Any comments, questions? Good? All right? Good. All right, so just kind of keep some of these things in mind as we go through why did, I, why did I say that? Why did I do What in the world got in me? And some of that, too, well, what do I need to do to correct it? You know, that gets to be another side of this thing. All right. Question 144. We don't have a lot of time, so we'll just kind of get started a little bit. But question 144, I'm on page 488, 488 again. What are the duties required in the ninth commandment? So same format we've been following. The duties required in the ninth commandment are the preserving and promoting of truth between man and man and the good name of our neighbor as well as our own. Appearing and standing for the truth and from the heart, from the heart, Sincerely, freely, clearly, and fully speaking the truth and only the truth in matters of judgment and justice. And in all other things whatsoever, you always speak the truth. A charitable esteem of our neighbors, loving, desiring, and rejoicing in their good name, sorrowing for and covering of their infirmities, freely acknowledging of their gifts and graces, defending their innocency, 
a ready receiving of a good report and unwillingness to admit of an evil report concern, uh, of an evil report concerning them. In other words, I'm not going to listen to what you've got to say about them if I know it's not true, number one, or if I believe that you don't know it's true. Discouraging talebearers, flatterers, and slanderers, love and care of our own good name and defending it when need requireth, keeping of lawful promises, studying and practicing of whatsoever things are true, honest, lovely, and of good report. Obviously, the word of God is what takes us to those places. So going back up to the beginning, the duties required in the ninth commandment are the preserving and promoting of truth between man and man. And you can see your um, proof text there. There's one in Zechariah. These are the things that ye shall do. Speak ye every man the truth to his neighbor. Execute the judgment of truth and peace in your gates. So you're speaking the truth. You're being guided by the truth. All right? Because to speak it, you've got to know it. All right? It's what we were talking about. You'll never speak the truth if you don't know the truth. Unless it's just by pure accident that the Lord overcomes. But to speak it, if you are speaking, verifying or assuring whoever you're speaking to, this is the truth. I know this is the truth. Then you're speaking it, and in what you expect, uh, and what you demand of others. So, if you want them to tell you the truth, why shouldn't you tell them the truth? You know, we, we get upset when people lie to us, don't we? But we don't get nearly as upset with ourselves when we lie to them. Same kind of lies, same kind of whatever. They said that about me, you're kidding. And we turn right around and say something similar about somebody else. So, and we'll get down to that when we get toward the end. But speaking the truth, preserving and promoting the truth, speaking the truth, the truth as Zechariah puts it, between man and man. So we are preserving and promoting the truth by speaking the truth uh, between each other. And in preserving and promoting the good name of our neighbor as well as our own. And in Third John, if you want to flip back there, because there's a couple more verses there that I want to take a quick look at. Same, same, the third, same third epistle. But in Third John, and they, they've got verse 12 here. In Third John, look at verse Three, for I rejoice greatly when the brethren came and testified of the truth that is in thee, even as thou walkest in the truth. Right? Practical. The truth that's in us, where does it come from? The Word of God. And then what do we do with it? We walk in it. We walk according to what we've learned. So in verse 3, then in verse 4, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. No greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. And 
is, is a, and this is a parent in the Lord, but it's true, humanly speaking. Just the joy that comes to a parent who cares, plenty of parents in this world, unfortunately, they don't care. For a parent that cares, seeing and knowing your children are trying to live their lives according to God's word, to walk according to truth, gives you joy, great joy. Because you know. Why? Because you know it'll do them right. If they walk according to God's word, the truth, if they let the truth guide them, you don't worry about them. Because God will take care of them and lead them through, lead them the way they need to go. And then verse 12, that's in our text. Demetrius hath good report of all men and of the truth itself. Yea, and we also bear record, and ye know that our record is true. Uh, Demetrius is compared to Diotrephes, who is up in verse 9. Uh, Diotrephes was resisting and, and saying things about people that were coming to the body, and he was resisting showing kindness to them. Demetrius spoke the truth. This is what we need to be doing. This is how we need to treat these brethren. And that's the reference that we have here. All right, we'll stop there. My time's pretty much up, and it's a good place to break. But start looking down through, look at the proof text, and uh, be looking at it and thinking. Because, again, the, the law is our friend. I've said it, and I'll say it probably, I don't know how many times more before we're done. The law is our friend to help us. To help us enjoy God. If we live according to the law. Instead of it being. A, a, a weight around our neck. It, it simply carries us along. It lifts you up. And helps you. And how delightful it is. Nothing that pleases a father more than to know his children walk in truth. But what about our heavenly father? Nothing would please him more than to know and see that we, his children, walk in truth. So let's, uh, let's be careful with it and, and, and start looking at it. Okay, before I say anything, mm, should I say that? What's my end result? What, what am I trying to do? Mm, is that a good result that I'm looking for? And see how many times, just kind of during the week, give some thought to it. Especially, especially if the conversation involves, is, is about somebody else. Especially that. Just think about it. Uh, before you start talking, what should I say? Or before you even start listening. Uh, why don't we go talk to them about this? Why don't we go talk to them about this? If it's a problem. And let's see how much more the person says to you. Kind of interesting. But you help each, we help each other if we do that. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. We shouldn't be doing this. We, we're, not, we're not doing anything to protect our brother or our sister's good name. 
if we need to do anything. Why don't we go ask them if we can pray for them and pray with them about things in general, that the Lord would help us all live according to his truth. All right, let's pray. Father, again, we're grateful to you for your blessings and goodness. We owe you so much, so much, Lord, we can never repay. But we're thankful that you don't require repayment, but you do desire that we live in the truth and according to the truth and that we speak the truth, that we believe you, and that we follow hard after you. Even as we read in our memory passage, you know what we have need of. Lord, we need to trust you for those things, and we need to do what we need to do for the work of the kingdom. For that's why you've put us here. So be with us now in the remainder of this thy day. We pray that you would bless our time between now and the morning service. But Lord, help us to come into this building with hearts prepared and ready to worship. Thanking thee. Thanking thee for all your blessings to us. For the love of God that we know in and through Christ Jesus our Lord. Do us good, we pray, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen.